episode 15. This is all about my investment strategy for 2022. Now, of course, it's important to note that I am not a financial advisor. The Wealth Journal is not financial advice. It's purely here for educational and entertainment purposes. If you want financial advice, then of course, speak to a financial advisor. Now, with that out of the way, let's get cracking. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. Thank you so much for listening. Um, first of all, special thank you to those who listened last week and actually reached out to me to share your goals for 2022. It was incredible to get uh, that sort of response. So huge thanks for that. It was actually inspiring to to see your goals and see what people are working towards and actually helped influence my goals a little bit as well. So yeah, huge thanks for that. And of course, if you do have any other goals that you uh, want to share with me, um, then please reach out. I'd be I'd be very much keen to to hear what you've got planned. Now, this episode, I guess, follows on from from one of my goals, which was to invest more in 2022 than what I did in 2021. And in order for me to achieve that, I've decided to build an investment strategy. And the aim of this strategy is to ultimately create a consistent rhythm and routine when it comes to investing. Whenever I've gone through the literature or done research, having an investment plan, an investment strategy is key. You can track your progress, you can see how you're performing, and then of course you can make changes based on that strategy. So, And and also in terms of consistency as well, all the investing advice that I've read over the past few years, all the science and all the data points towards investing with consistency. So to help with that, I'm going to basically just try and invest consistently at a certain point in each month. And I ideally, where possible, try and automate my investments so I don't really have to think about it. It's just happening every single month. So how do I actually plan to allocate my investments this year in 2022? Now, remember, it's important to note that I do have quite a long time horizon of around about five years plus for my investments. So I'm only planning on investing in assets which I'm comfortable holding over the long term. Now, if you're also thinking about developing your own investment strategy this this year, or even if you're planning just to invest for the first time this year, I would actually advise that you ask yourself a couple of key questions. First of all, one, what is your time horizon? Number two is what sort of in, of investor are you? Are you an active investor? As in you want to play a, a very much a, a pivotal role in managing your forecast, selecting your own stocks, or are you a passive investor? You almost, you know that you want to invest, but you're not really sure where and you don't really have the, the dedicated time and resource. So you're happy just to sort of let the, the markets do the work. And then point three is what is your, your risk profile? Now, if I go through these points with my with myself, obviously, point one, my time horizon, like I said, around about five years plus. Point two, what sort of investor am I? Active or passive? Well, for me, I actually wouldn't consider myself, although I spend quite a few days and weeks researching investments and strategies to build wealth. I wouldn't say I'm I'm really an active investor. I don't fully analyze companies and their fundamentals, when's the perfect time to buy. Um, I, I just don't have the time to do that. So 
I would say I'm I'm more of a passive investor actually, with a little bit of of activity sort of rolled in there. But I think for for the course of 2022, I'm going to try and remain in the in the passive in the passive camp. And really, if you've if you're like me and you don't have the inclination to do the quality research on your investments, then investing mainly in the broad market or an index or an ETF is a good alternative. If we think back to um, Benjamin Graham, uh, the author of a very well-known investment book uh, called The Intelligent Investor, he called this the, the defensive in- investor, could could actually easily get a, an average return by simply buying the 30 stocks of the Dow Jones Industrial Average in equal amounts. So Graham and also Buffett, they actually said that getting even an average return, such as the return from the S&P 500, is actually more of an accomplishment than it, than it might seem. It can be quite difficult to do. And there's also this fallacy that many people buy into that, according to Graham, that it's, it's actually quite easy to get an average return with little or no work through, through investing in indexes, the, the broad market. And then people almost get tricked into thinking that, well, if, it just, if I just apply a little bit more work, then I, I should, in theory, get a higher return. And the reality is that most people who try this end up actually doing much, much worse than average because it's just so hard to match the market. So that's one area that I would, um, I'm going to stick to sort of being a little bit more passive again with my investments. Now, if you have invested in the past and you've lost out, my advice here would be don't quit investing. Just change your approach. Have a look at what your strategy was previously and maybe adapt that going forward. I think it's incredibly important for people to invest. I've discussed this on the podcast in the past in terms of the return that you get from your savings, the flat, the fact that if inflation erodes your savings. And we know that if, if you invest at the beginning of your career as little as £100 a week at a modest sort of 7% compounded annual return, you can retire with around £1.5 million. If that money was saved, you would have around about £234,000. So you tell me, what would you rather retire with? 1.5 million or 234,000? That's why it's incredibly important to, to invest. And we've all had bad experiences when it comes to investing. But don't let it put, you know, that put you off because investing can have kind of can have a huge benefit to your to your life in the future. Now, in terms of risk profile, if we take Graham's focus, he was very much focused around preserving capital and wealth first and foremost, and then trying to grow it. So he suggested having a portfolio split fairly evenly between stocks and bonds, depending on market conditions. And in some cases, having as much as 75% of your capital in bonds, which is which is very high, actually. And maybe this is where um, Graham's teachings are a little bit, a little bit out of date. Who knows? I could be wrong there. But for me, my appetite for risk is actually a little bit higher. And therefore, I'm willing to allocate more of my investments towards, let's say, riskier assets. Why? Well, part of the reason is because of my personal circumstances. And and I recommend that you assess your own personal circumstances before you jump into an investment strategy. Now, fortunately for me, I have a I have a pension, which I contribute a decent amount to each month. And I see this almost as my my safer, low risk asset, if you like. Now, my pension will will end up having probably a decent mix of stocks and bonds and probably more bonds the closer I get to retirement. And therefore, I, I do see that as a as a safer, safer investment. 
And if I didn't have a pension, then I may structure my investments for 2022 and beyond slightly differently. And if you are listening to this and you don't currently have a pension, but want to begin investing, then, uh, you know, I recommend that you check out, let's say Vanguard's personal, personal pension plans. You can set up a private pension and it's more just from the tax efficiency, a way to save, to save for retirement. Not of course, financial advice, but just a good place for you to start. Um, Or you might tell me that your pension is through buying rental properties, for example, or your pension's all in Bitcoin, you know, each to their own. So yeah, it's up to you. Now, in terms of my own asset allocation, when it comes to my 2022 investment strategy, I'm just going to try and give you a little bit of a flavor of, of where my head's currently at from an investment point of view for the year. Now, this isn't fully locked down. I'm not planning to invest probably yet until uh, the end of this month. And I think that's probably going to be my regular sort of investment cadence, if you like, or frequency, um, either the end of each month or just or the first of each month, for example. So I'll kick off. Firstly, I'll tell you what I'm not going to be buying, and that is bonds, actually. Um, yes, I'm going to laugh in the face of uh, a legendary investor in Benjamin Graham and, and Warren Buffett, and I'm not going to buy any bonds this year. The reason for that, and, and one reason, is that for me, well, a bond is in essentially an IOU. You agree to to effectively lend a the government or or a company money and they agree to pay you an interest rate over a set period period of time and at the end of the term you get your initial investment back but also you've received interest payments as as the bond sort of matured it sounds good okay um the only issue for me is that in this current climate for example a climate with high inflation and low interest rates is that firstly bond interest rates are quite low and I feel like I can get a better return on my investment, obviously, in the market. But that does come with a little bit more risk. But with inflation quite high at the moment, and maybe potentially higher for, for the next 12 months, who knows, then your initial bond investment will continue to lose value. Let's say you initially lent out £100 in 12 months' time. That £100, when you get it back, isn't going to be worth the same amount as it was when you initially set up the bond. Um, so if you take out a bond during high inflation and then, of course, the government's try to control inflation through, let's say, a rate increase on the horizon, you could effectively have got a better bond paying a higher interest rate than what you're currently holding and therefore decreasing the value of the bond that you currently hold. So there you go. That's just my opinion. My investment portfolio for this year isn't going to be focused around around bonds. So that basically means that my asset allocation will mainly be focused around stocks and crypto. So in terms of my own risk profile, going back to the three points, I would say, yeah, it's 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 fairly risky in that sense. Um, but I'm comfortable with that. Like I said, I'm investing for the, for the long term, and I'm only going to be buy some. I'm only going to buy an investment that I'm willing to hold for that period of time. And if it, if it goes down then I just want to be comfortable that I know I'm in it for the long term. So I can I can be fairly relaxed about it. Um, and when I say stocks, I will say that this is mainly focused around a mix of different ETFs. I'm going to try and focus around ETFs and indexes for 2022 and less around individual stock picks. Although I've had some fairly successful stock picks over the last few years, I've also had instances where I could have potentially have got it quite seriously wrong. Thankfully, I've not invested a huge amount in in some of these investments that haven't performed as well. 
but it was just a, a reminder that you can never actually know how a stock gonna, is going to perform. I know I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Um, my investment into Abercrombie and Fitch was a bit of a disaster uh, a few years back. Peloton recently has been, you know, completely up and down. One minute it's doing amazing, the next minute it's down. So I'm going to tend to focus this year around about uh, around ETFs and indexes. Um, and in terms of those ETFs, probably the S&P 500, uh, possibly some some growth or innovation ETFs and emerging markets. I've mentioned in the past that I'm keen on the Indian stock market. I've seen a, well, there's a lot of innovation going on in India and certainly a lot of startup activity and investment which happened in 2021, particularly in the in the tech space where India had around a $28 billion influx of, of venture capital and private equity uh, cash flowing into the country. So I do. I am fairly excited about emerging markets, particularly India. So it's something that I'm I'm looking at this year. Now, at the moment, in terms of my split, I'm thinking of splitting it out this way, and this might <laughs> might surprise you a little bit. But fifty um, percent in stocks ETFs, for example, forty percent in crypto, which sounds punchy, I know, and then the remaining 10% in cash. And the cash will be deployed as and when something pops up on my radar. I like to have a little bit, I've mentioned uh, again on the podcast, I like to have a little bit of cash available for me to to invest on uh, for, when, when a certain opportunity arises, whether there's a slight dip in the market. Um, but this cash could also be used as seed investing for startups, something that I'm keen to do a little bit more of this year. Um, I might use some of that cash to invest in more contemporary art and of course any NFT opportunities that might that might pop up in 2022. Now the big headline there and I know what you're thinking 40% in crypto that sounds pretty pretty punchy and most people might not actually be comfortable with that just given how volatile crypto can be as an asset class and I've certainly read reports where people say you'd be stupid to invest more than 10% in crypto but you'd be stupid if you didn't invest anything now 40% does sound does sound quite punchy and I might change this when we get nearer the time I'm still I'm still ironing it out and and what it'll actually look like but hear me out at the moment I would say that most of that 40% is likely to be weighted towards bitcoin which is considered probably the safer of the crypto assets if if they can be classed as as safe. Um, and I'd probably say the rest of the allocation would be pointed towards Ethereum and some of the other the other altcoins. I will cover some of the other cryptocurrencies in more detail in, in a future episode. But if you wanted to to do some further reading, I like Solana as a project, Polkadot, and I'm also keen on one called Polygon and Avalanche, although I'm still I'm still deciding here. Now, the reason for that is that I think, well, adoption around crypto is still fairly low globally, around about 300 million users. And I think this will still continue to grow as we move into, into 2022 and beyond. And I still think that the NFT space is, is still in its infancy. So there's a lot of growth there. But I am increasingly bullish just on Bitcoin in general. Um, and I know we are well below all-time highs on Bitcoin. Um, but whales, as they call them, i.e. major players in the market, are still buying Bitcoin at the current pricing in significant volume. I mean, recently El Salvador, which was the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender, I mean, they've been buying up Bitcoin for the most part of, of Q4, and they, they recently bought an additional 21 
bitcoins last December on the, well, I think it was, yeah, December the 21st, actually, 21 bitcoins to celebrate, I think it was Bitcoin's birthday. Although it wasn't a huge amount, they're still continuing to to actually buy Bitcoin. Uh, and they actually predict that more countries will adopt Bitcoin as legal tender in 2022. We've also seen other major players such as MicroStrategy, which is a firm well known, known for holding Bitcoin on its balance sheet. Last week, they bought an additional 1,900 Bitcoins worth over $100 million. The company now holds 124,000 Bitcoins on its balance sheet, which is which is huge. So that's a company that really is putting its neck out on the line in terms of Bitcoin um, being an asset where they can store value. And also last week, we saw a, a major purchase by an unknown whale who apparently bought nearly 10,000 Bitcoins which is worth close to around about half a billion dollars. So there's people out there that are buying Bitcoins, they're taking them off the exchanges and putting them putting them in cold storage, basically expecting Bitcoin to continue to grow in value over the next few months, years, for example. And it just makes me think a little bit of like what 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 do they what do they know? Um and recently as 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 this week I saw a report from Goldman Sachs who believe Bitcoin will continue to take share um, market share in the store of value space from from gold, um, and just generally around general broader adoption when it comes to digital assets. And they've even touted a price prediction of possibly a hundred k per Bitcoin at some point. Although this is based on Bitcoin taking fifty percent share of the store of value market, it currently sits around about twenty percent. But there's a lot of people in the space that remain bullish. On, on Bitcoin, so that's where that's where currently my head's at. But again, like I said, that 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 could that could change. That could change. So to round up here, one of my main commitments this year really is just to stick to my strategy, outline what my strategy is, and then stick to it. And I'm going to review the performance quarterly. And this isn't necessarily to review how my investments are performing, but more just check am I executing my strategy rather than my returns. And I will look to then assess my returns probably on a six to more realistically a 12 months basis. And then after 12 months, I can review my strategy. Am I happy? Did I execute it as planned? And what can I adjust and improve for the following year? And finally, one of the key things this year is I want to make sure I don't overinvest. And it sounds counterproductive because we often talk about overinvesting in something to achieve our goals. I'm happy to over overinvest time in learning, researching. I'm happy to overinvest in the podcast or even my health, for example. But I don't want to overinvest financially. Life is too short. It's too short to have all your money tied up in the markets. I don't want to invest cash, which restricts me or my family enjoying life in the here and now. So I'm happy to plan for the future, but not at the cost of enjoying the present. And that is actually advice. So you can take that with you. (laughs) So that's pretty much all I have this week. It was a big single topic episode. Um, I know on some of the episodes I cover a few topics and, and some others I've focused on one main topic. Let me know what you prefer. Um, or do you just like a combination of the two? Always keen to get your feedback. Um, so that's it. That's that's my main point. Um, one thing I just wanted to add is that I am really excited about the next couple of weeks for the podcast as I begin to welcome some incredible guests to share their own experiences here on the Wealth Journal. And this really has been my goal ever since the start of the Wealth Journal podcast to get guests on there with their own expertise, the ability for me to ask 
things that I really want to know um, and just generally help increase the collective knowledge of the Wealth Journal audience. And being selfish, I'm just excited to interview some of these guests for my for my own learning and hopefully you will enjoy that as well. Now in the run up to that, if you can do me a huge favour, if you are new to listening to the podcast, please follow, subscribe or whatever you need to do just to make sure this podcast appears on your downloads every week. This helps me track new listeners. Give me a follow on Instagram. Just search for The Wealth Journal. Jay Hardy, I'm sure I'll pop up. And help the podcast compound. Share with at least one person, maybe even more. Um, And finally, if I haven't given you enough homework, then please rate or write a a review on the podcast as this really helps the podcast get found on all the various platforms. If you can do that for me, that would be amazing. So once again, thank you for listening and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Take care.